Yeah, Yashodan, thank you very much for these insights. And I guess in the discussion later on, we can come back to some of these interesting perspectives that you uh, provided. We will now have two discussions. These discussions will discuss the presented research and will provide their perspectives on how this research informed the use of cash transfers in conflict situations. Our first discussion is Dominique van de Waal. Dominique is visiting fellow at the Center for Global Development. She is a former lead economist in the World Bank's research unit and has worked extensively on social protection, including in Yemen. Dominique. So I was asked to talk a little bit about devaluation and what we learned and so on, and to be critical of it. Um, uh, the design of devaluation strikes me as, as very good, and I would trust Lemitz and Sikandra to do a very good job as they have. I think it's also, however, weakened by some of um, the constraints that it faced and had to work around. Uh, and one of those uh, is the, the fact that I don't think this was totally explained, but the randomization was done just for these, I'll call them indirect beneficiaries, at the community level. In both of those communities where indirect beneficiaries got the program and ones, and ones that, where they didn't, there were other direct beneficiaries who were getting the program. So I think this, the possible existence of, of a number of spillover effects clouds the kind of inferences that we can actually draw from, from the evaluation. Um, so for example, the indirect beneficiaries may be in part influenced by their relatives in those communities that also get transfers. Okay, and so for example, you, there may be increasing returns to transfers um, such that you know, twice as much to the extended family um, has more than twice the impact, for example. And also the non-participants in the treatment group communities may well gain um, from these spillover effects, which will be larger in the treatment communities where you have the indirect and direct that are, are benefiting. Um, one of the things that I would have liked to see is more heterogeneity um, across households by the degree to which the conflict is affecting them. Um, and it would have been nice, of course, to separate the impacts of the education versus the impacts of the transfers. But, you know, I, I feel. <laughs> um, now, the success of, what does it tell us about the success of, of the cash flow nutrition model in, in Yemen? I think, to me, the most important factor here in, in that we learn in this evaluation is the, the fact that the program design of the nutrition education and the idea of educating women, local women, at the community level to be these, these health community health um, educators and, and volunteers really worked very well. And that's a great, a great lesson, I think, because, well, certainly in the context of Yemen, um, it, it, it's something that should be done with when you in in a non-conflict situation, and I don't see anything here telling me that it's because of the conflict that this worked. Um, it I think it would work in general. Um, there's little evidence that emerges on how well cash transfers work in a conflict situation um, from from this evaluation. At least to me now, not, never having lived in a conflict situation. I just see what's on TV, and you, of course you see the worst uh, situations. But 
you know, it seemed to me that one question I had is, is there any reason to believe that such supplementary nutrition education or the soft conditionality that actually worked works better in a conflict situation than in a non-conflict situation. Um, and then, you know, two words about the, the potential role for social protection and, and what we learn from this in conflict-affected uh, areas in general. I, I think it's important, obviously, uh, I'm a big fan of social protection and I think um, we should be helping households in need and even more so in conflict situation. But I also think that, you know, how best to do this clearly depends on context. Um, and the constraints that one faces are going to be very different from place to place. And for example, they may alter um, the normal targeting criteria. And I, this is something that Lanis talked or touched upon the North-South. As you know, uh, a program that's trying to help the poor, you don't want to be seen to necessarily only go to the very, well, to, to be taking sides in the Civil War. And that, that could result from going only to the very, very poorest areas, for example. No, you want to be more fair and, and uh, not get involved in, in any politics. Um, the, the, the context uh, is key, and here I think we have to remember that, as Yashodan mentioned, the cash for nutrition model worked well in part because the infrastructure built by the SFD, the Social Fund for Development, and the Social Welfare Fund were there in place, as was some, some health uh, infrastructure in these areas. And that's not going to be the case in all, in all conflict areas, clearly. Um, and likewise, from my reading of the report, the areas that were covered by this impact evaluation don't seem to have been directly affected by the conflict. Um, yes, of course, there's terrible disruption, you know, the, 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 but still, it seems to me that for this to work, the markets had to work. Um, there was food, food in the, in the communities that was available. The prices increased definitely, but not uncontrollably, as one hears about in some cases. And the cash transfer payment systems worked, so the banking system must somehow work. I, I, there's no details about this, but I think, again, this is not something that you will have in all humanitarian uh, crises. Um, so, so I think that whether one favors cash or food uh, aid in, in these kind of cases is going to depend on a lot of factors. And this evaluation gives us some idea on certain aspects, but, but certainly I don't think it can answer that, that question. And that's all. Thank you.